0: Thank you. Welcome in to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in. It has been a wicked, crazy, great week. You know, told you guys I was going to try my best to get this show as close to Monday as possible. It's Tuesday track. Lots we want to get into. Obviously, we're going to talk the world of pro wrestling. Obviously, we're going to talk about
1: we're going to talk a a lot about uh, the world of mixed martial
0: arts. There's a lot of that. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about where I was on Saturday. Yeah, I told you guys about some stuff coming up. Oh, that is uh, a crazy video that somebody just put up. My apologies for for drifting off a second, but lots I want to get into. I'm going to start with wrestling this week because I want to finish up talking about uh, the World of Fight. So let's start with uh, Raw for this week. We had AJ and, and Omos, who defended the Tag Team Championships. I realize that the whole point of this is to make Homeless look legitimate and to give AJ another title Um, at the expense of the New Day, which is they job out a lot now. Anyway, I don't get it. I just, uh, I I really, there were so many other ways you could have done this. But uh, at least we have somebody different as the tag champs. I don't mind when the New Day has it. It's just
1: kind of refreshing when there's somebody different. Uh, I'm
0: skipping over the Charlotte thing because she runs over another person who was never going to beat her anyway. They continue to do the Miz and Morrison versus uh, Damian Priest. At some point, that's going to get old. They're approaching that because uh, Priest is great. Morris is great. Myth is great. It's a great combination, except except for it's just getting redundant. Uh,
1: let's see. What else was there?
0: There was a debuting superstar called Monsoor. Maybe he's not debuting. First time I've ever seen him. Uh, he is a friend of Humberto Carrillo. He took on Seamus. Humberto come down and caused the DQ win for Seamus, but uh, Seamus got the last laugh as he took them both out. I don't, once again, I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. Where would you possibly go with this? Uh, Sheamus just keeps running over random people.
1: Maybe that's the point. Um, It looks like that Lashley and Braun and
0: Drew are all still on a collision course because uh, Lashley took on Braun, Drew came down and, and had something to say about it. Right. Whatever. Uh, Lucha, house party, got a win over Shelton and Cedric Alexander, who seems like they have split. It was Cedric who got on the microphone and and said as much. Once again, you get a a really cool tag team. They they got a decent run, and then last MVP kicked them out, and then now they split in typical WWE fashion. Um, That tells me that Cedric will probably go back to being a singles competitor and this is probably up for show, Although they probably have a blow-off match before it's done. But uh, another good team. And I and I really like this team. This was a team that I thought could have done things. Um, kind of similar to the New Day in style. Not so much in uh, personality and flair. I don't know. Maybe that's why they're breaking them up. Because you can't really have uh, two New Days, I guess.
1: And...
0: Looking over it, I don't really see anything else to talk about from Raw. Let's go to where is There we go. NXT. NXT, of course, on Tuesday nights now. It's on right now as we speak.
1: Um, let's see. Yeah, Timothy Thatcher and uh,
0: Tommaso Champa beating the Grizzly Young Vets. Looks like the Vets came back with all this flash and pizzazz just to continue to job out for other teams. Although, team-wise, no. Overall, Thatcher and Ciampa are are the much better competitors here. Even though the Grizzly Young Vets, I, I kind of like them. Maybe I'm feeling bad for them. I don't know. But uh, Thatcher and Champa seem like a, a team they're wanting to push going forward. We'll see what they end up doing. I, I can see them being tag champs at some point, but who knows. Seems like they carry and cross Kylo rally, Pete Dunn, and Finn Balor are all on a collision course.
1: I would like to see... Um, who would I like... Cross beat
0: Balor. None personal. Not necessarily the back of the line, but uh step back a few. The problem with Cross and Pete Dunn... They're both technically bad guys. They're both heels. That leaves O'Reilly. Cross and O'Reilly... Okay, maybe... Maybe you go with that first. I don't know. It's it's weird. They're they're gonna have to come up with some some good matchups for Cross. One of those three is definitely where you need to go. There's there's just no other direction you can go.
1: Uh, another good
0: performance from Saray. They have a weird way of trying to build her up by putting her against pretty random people. There's no there's no real pattern to it, but when she's first debuting, there doesn't need to be a pattern. Uh Saray is a very well rounded competitor and I look forward to see
1: um, what they end up kinda of doing with her initially. Um, and then in in uh, it was a weird main event,
0: not because the competitors, it was, I don't know, there was just not much of a story, really kind of going with it all that much, but Shachi Blackheart and Ember Rose defended their women's tag team championships against Candlestar Ray and Indy Hartwell, otherwise known as The Way, at least the female The Way. And in a shocking turn of events that really, really didn't have much underhandedness to it. Uh, we have new tag team champions for the women as the way end up with the, with the Bell Sayer. I applaud it. I think that's fantastic. Chelsea and Ember are a good team, but they weren't really an established team. They kind of just stuck them together. They ended up winning the tournament. I think they were the backup plan. Maybe the backup backup plan, but uh, they had a pretty good run. I'm sure they'll get a a rematch, but the way having three titles, maybe Austin Theory can, no, because the North American is what would make the most sense. So I feel like there's going to be a storyline involving Austin Theory where he's the only member of the way who does not have a championship. But so far, and I'm going to do it as we go through it. So far, NXT is the best show of last week. Let's go to NXT. Uh, it was supposed to be Omega and MT Nakazawa. Nakazawa is an actual wrestler, guys. He's not just some computer guy they bringing out. The guy can can wrestle a little bit. Uh, he, ta- he took on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, who proceeded to just... Uh, beat the crap out of Nakazawa for the most part. Uh, then the Young Bucks and the Good Bros come down and attacked both of them after the match. Seems like the Young Bucks have completely flipped now. Okay. So we get it. We get the big reunion. The only problem is that the Good Brothers spend more time on AEW than they do on Impact Wrestling, which is actually where their contract is. So... Once again, Impact Wrestling is is not quite figuring it out. You're letting your contracted talent go make another show better. Your current tag team champions are in New Japan, where that's where they're contracted, and your world champion is on the same show as uh, the Good Brothers. There, he is. He is uh, your world champion is not even contracted by not even contracted by Impact Wrestling either, so there's some weird deal. And in Kenny Omega, so I, I don't get it. But, uh, you know, good for those people. Obviously, Kingston and Moxley versus the Bullet Club in their reunion. We'll, uh, we'll see what that ends up doing. They're, I feel like problem is you, you just had your, your big blow-off faction versus faction match, so I don't know how this whole thing's gonna play out. QT Marshall from the factory took on Cody from the Nightmare Academy. Um Arn Anderson was Let's see Arn was the outside enforcer. He he was outside at some point. And uh what ended up happening was QT Marshall's uh, little little fledgling, little flunky uh, Gogo, who is the former Olympic boxer. His new thing is is uh, looks like the liver punch. He does that to Cody, but uh, Cody ends up getting the victory in the whole thing. But they got to develop the factory a little more than they are. They started off with some promise. I like QT Marshall leading a faction. He can beat up the Rhodes family. It's going to make them look better. Okay, it's uh, we're going somewhere with this one. Uh, Doctor Brett Baker beat Julia Hart. They kind of made reference that Julia may be part of the the famous Hart family, but I never quite heard who her mother or father was. I think her mother. She's is one of the younger. Of Britt's sisters. But uh, she had a decent showing. But Britt Baker is going to be on a collision course to probably beat toshida for the world title. I'm all for it. And that is coming from a big, big Hikaru Sheeta fan. And a pretty dang big Britt Baker fan. Uh, it's fun when two of your favorites are going to face off. And uh, like I said, I think Britt winning the belt makes the most sense. Because she's about the only one who hasn't lost Sheeta. Kaz and Daniels took on Jungle Express, who took on the Acclaimed, who took on the Varsity Blondes. Remember, if Kaz and Daniels lose as a team, next time they lose, they're going to split up. Well, they won tonight. I think they get a future tag team championship opportunity against the Young Bucks. I think they called their shot. But uh, we'll see if it actually sticks and uh, goes to there. Now we go to
1: the main event. The main event of AEW was a match called Blood and
0: Guts. Know what you're saying? What is Blood and Guts? And why are they calling it Blood and Guts? Well, they're blatantly kind of crazy about it. But it is basically War Games. You know, two rings, giant cage over all of it. It is basically War Games. But, seeing as how WWE owns the rights to the name War Games, we got to call it something else. So they call it Blood and Guts. and it was Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. If you were a fan of one of the originators, I'm pretty sure he was the guy who came up with it. Uh, Dusty Rhodes came up with the original War Games, I'm pretty sure. The concept and everything. If you are a fan of the old throwback versions, the ones that tell just a classic story. It's not about crazy spots. It's just two teams beating the holy hell out of each other. And doing it in such a way that it was telling an epic battle. Then this was your match. Um, you know, it starts with two people. And then every so often somebody from the other side comes in. Okay. And it keeps going until you get everybody in. And then this match continues until there is, a, is it a pinfall or a victor or a submission. I think it's submissions the only way. The other side has to give up at some point. Um, of course, MJF and Jericho were two of the last participants in, as they should be. But there were some moments. Uh, Hager had some moments. Um. Not f t r had a couple that were here and there. They were mostly uh, there to. They made a lot of the inner circle spots great, and there uh, practically every one of them were busted open. Wardlow, that's who I'm trying to think of. He had some good spots. Um, I thought the inner circle MVP, and I and I and I'll. Keep it down to that. The MVP of Inner Circle in this match was Sammy Guevara. And it wasn't that the other ones were bad. He was so good it wasn't close. Sammy Guevara was like a rabid squirrel trying to find the last nut before winner. He was all over the place, but every move had meaning. He set up everything he did. Uh, even the falls he took, even the spots he was—he was the target of. This is—it was just one of the better performances I've seen. It reminded me of one of my favorite war games, uh, where Brian Pillman supposedly separated his shoulder, and and uh, Eli Gante came down and pulled him out, and the horseman ended up winning. And uh, it made me sad, and I didn't sleep very good that night. But I—I I was young. But what? Pillman did in that, what Brian Pillman did in that, I guess Brian Pillman Sr. now that Jr. is also uh, in a, or is now in AEW. What Sammy Guevara did was just masterful. It's, uh, his his wrestling since, uh, technically rejoining the inner circle. It's, uh, it's just going on a different level. I know they tried to portray him and MJF and Darby Allen as guys to build on for the future going forward. And yeah, Darby's okay. Uh, he kind of gets repetitive and kind of bland at times. MJF has had a little bit of a turnaround since becoming the leader of Pinnacle. But Sammy Guevara is by far the young stud. He's the Youngstuck. Uh, MVP for Pinnacle. People want to give it to MJF because he, he caused the victory to happen in his, his side. All right. Basically, this thing ended when he threatened to throw Jericho off the top of the cage through the uh, staging, unless the Inner Circle gave up to which at least two members yelled out, fine, we give up. And after the match technically ended, he still threw Jericho off, as we all knew he would. You kind of see which part of the stage he was going to go to. He's He's going to be okay. But who was the
1: MVP of Pinnacle? Um... Oh like I said, Warlow has some good spots,
0: but I would also say I never remember their name. It's it's Dash and Dawson or whatever. It's um it's the FTR member that has hair on top of his head. Down. I would say him because uh uh he no, I'ma swap to the I'ma swap to the bald one. I'm gonna swap to the bald guy. Because he started the match and he took the most damage, and his his DNA is probably still all over Jacksonville. But yeah, it's a that that's a blood and guts match worth looking up. I'm sure it's on some sort of AEW streaming service. I'm sure if not, or even if so, it's probably on YouTube. It's probably on the internet somewhere. Look that one up. That's that's a classic. That's that's an instant classic. That moves us to Impact Wrestling, who, besides their faults that I discussed earlier about having uh, their top talent or main belts on other shows,
1: um, Rohit Raju took on Trey
0: Miguel. They're trying to push this, this darker side, this more aggressive side of Trey Miguel, which is fine, but this match was fantastic. Rohit Raju is—he is like the unsung hero, the MVP of this roster. That whether he wins, whether he loses, if Rohit is in the match, then uh, wow! Well, hold on to your ass. Um, their tag team champions that are in New Japan, Finn Juice, were in town. Seeing as how Impact Wrestling tapes about two months worth of shows at a time, Ben Juice is probably going to be on a handful. They may lose the titles here and there, so they could go back to Japan. Either way, uh, Juice Robinson took on Gallows. Gallows actually ends up with the victory, pretty good victory. Been a little while since they've had a uh, single victory like that, especially Gallows, especially over Juice Robinson. A guy by the name of VSK took on El Fantasmo, who is from New Japan, and who has gotten better since the last time I've seen him, although he wasn't uh, fantastic. Phantasmo was not fantastic. He was okay. Looks like the thing he likes to go with is uh, he kind of stomps his boot and then kicks someone in the head. Seemed like it was a loaded boot, but it's different. It's uh, right up Impact Wrestling's gimmick alley for sure. But, uh, you know, El is going to add some some interesting things and some fun things they can do, you know, like uh, Black Taru coming in and, and some other people like that. They've got room on this roster for some uh, either interchanging parts or some people to come over like this. And uh, I think this is part of Phantasmo wanting to get out of the jumble of New Japan, gets a chance to come to Impact Wrestling, take on fresh opponents, shine a different market and uh who knows maybe find a better gig Rachel Ellering took on Kara Hogan This is really just a chance to show Rachel Ellering and uh and still keep Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles in on the mix of the tag team championships even though I think uh I think Jordan Grayson and Rachel Ellering are going to have leads for a while James Storm took on Moose. Moose is, is trying to build up where he can be a, uh, a a little bit bigger player. I think they're maybe wanting him to take on Omega. It's more believable than Rich Swan as far as clout and uh, and things like that. Rich Swan can go speed for speed, move for move with Kenny Omega, but you need somebody kind of big and powerful. Or a little more clout to uh, take on him. It looks like Moose is going to be the next guy to probably do that. Through some underhandedness, Moose could beat Omega. Kind of fight fire with fire. But also, once again, you get heel versus heel. So, um, not really sure how that's going to work. But at some point, you've got to get the belt off Omega. So, got to kind of line some people up. Because it's it's not going to be Eddie Edwards. I thought Sammy Callahan would be a, a great saving grace, so to say. But they haven't really done a whole lot with him here recently. So uh, it is what it is. Let's go to...
1: Let's see. Nope, not that one. Let's see. I had those notes right in front of me. See if I can find them.
0: I know. No. What good girl. What good girl. Put as much shit as we can away. Don't wait the All right, weird technical difficulties. We may even sound a little different from where we're at right now, but uh, good news is I found my SmackDown notes.
1: Now, things to know about SmackDown.
0: Um, it seems like Cesaro is finally getting his due after all these years. Uh, you know, they kind of dangled Daniel Bryan. They've uh, dangled things here and there. Uh, we saw uh, Jimmy join Jay and be back this week. That was that was nice to see him back. seems like they're kind of conflicted. Jay is very much on the side of Roman Reigns. Jimmy is kind of skittish and, and, and uh, kind of against just falling in line. I don't blame him there. So you're gonna see that confliction. Uh, They actually end up inadvertently helping Cesaro beat Rollins, even though he doesn't need his help to do that. Uh, He he was able to play off of that, and uh, it was it was pretty entertaining. Definitely appreciated the way they booked that uh, because now you got Roman in the middle of it, you got Rollins in the middle of it. Because Seth was very upset and he told Roman, "You handle this, or I'll handle this." You know, Roman's like, "I got it, I got it." And it uh, kind of puts him back on his heels a minute, which is kind of interesting. Because at some point, we're going to get Rollins and Reigns. And I can't wait for that. But Cesaro gets the win, as we say. Um, Carmelo picked a, Car, uh, Carmella picked up a win over Ruby Riott. At some point, Carmella and uh, Bianca Belair, I think, will face off. I think she may be the next competitor up after Bailey. Speaking of which, Bailey had a uh, fantastic promo, as she always does. I said, "Bad Bailey is the best Bailey." She is one of the top talents. It is just baffling, unless she had an injury, why she has been nowhere near any sort of WWE TV until recently. Um, it it just makes no sense. But she did that. Uh, Bianca come out, blah blah blah. At that point, but great promo by Bailey. It really sold where she's going with uh with her feud with Bianca uh Dominic Mysterio with the big win over Dolph Ziggler at this point doesn't matter who wins or loses as far as that but hey anytime you can uh anytime you Dominic Mysterio anything from here on out should be uh, uh pretty fantastic as far as big wins like that then we got this giant cluster of a match Apollo Crews Sami Zayn King Corbin, Otis, and Chad Gable all took on the Street Profits, Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, and Kevin Owens in what could only be described as something out of Impact Wrestling's normal weekly programming, except for this was SmackDown. Uh, In the end, Corbin surprised Nakamura, gets a win as far as that.
1: Um, let's see that led us Oh, to Ring of Honor,
0: and I gotta give credit to Ring of Honor. They had three completely different, but very entertaining and and great matches in their own right. Uh, They opened up with the Briscoe brothers taking on Flip Gordon and EC3. EC3 is kind of doing this uh, purist, not the pure division that they do, but kind of purist. Doesn't like to do underhanded things. Uh, I don't know if his fight with the Briscoes got him into that. But uh, him and Flip Gordon actually end up with the victory over the Briscoes. Um, but then him and, and Flip didn't seem to get along because Flip's kind of the opposite. He uh, does what he's got to do. He's the mercenary. Uh, just, a, just a fantastic overall match. This is four of the best that Ring of Honor has um, on the roster. I mean, th- there's there's probably 20 deep in, in fantastic B-plus to A-level people. But uh, th- these were just four of, of uh, the really, really good ones they got going on right now outside of the foundation or or um, or Rouge, or any of those guys uh the other match they had was the mecca brian williams did an open challenge and uh it ended up being pco that was a fantastic match uh pco gets to win in that one and uh what the feature bout ended up being was the in-ring debut of one of their announcers, Quinn McKay. She's uh, wrestled a couple years before coming to Ring of Honor. She took on Angelina Love, one of the biggest uh, veterans. I did not realize she was in Ring of Honor. But um, it was a really good match. You really thought Quinn was going to win. In the end, Angelina finds a way. But uh, very impressive. Quinn McKay is uh, no slouch of a wrestler for sure. So uh, uh, definitely enjoyed, definitely enjoyed everything they had to offer. So that's the wrestling. That's the wrestling we we uh, got to. Uh, now to the fighting, or the fighting, as uh, my little nephew Archer would say. He, he loves the fighting, although when he says that, he means New Japan, which is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, but let's start. Uh, we'll do Bellator to UFC, and then we'll talk about the uh, the one I attended. So let's go Bellator. Or uh, no, wait, we had uh, PFL first. Well, did we not? Yes, we had PFL first. There, uh, the three main ones that I want to talk about from there is you have the older brother of Kamara Usman. From the UFC uh, over there in PFL, you had Muhammad Usman, who was a heavyweight who took on Brandon Sales. Sales ends up with the round two about three and a half minutes in submission, and uh, Usman looked pretty good for a while, and then Sales just he, he capitalized and took advantage. Um, in the uh, the the co-main event, you had Taylor Harrison. Two-time Olympic champion. Uh, most people, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the fighting world, if you watch *Practical Jokers*, she's the one that threw uh, Murr or Murray around uh, during that outdoor wedding. She, if that was her, uh, big judo champion. She took on Mariana Moraes. How about less than ninety seconds in? This was eighty-three seconds in. She took her down two or three times, and Kayla Harrison ends up with the TKO victory. It, it, was, it was just over. And uh, this is no disrespect to the PFL women's lightweight division over there. But you're kind of running out of people for Kayla Harrison. Um, outside of something crazy happening or an injury, which we don't hope for, she is going to run the gambit all the way to the end of the PFL season. She's probably going to win, and then she's probably going to leave because everybody under the sun is going to be coming after her. The obvious would be UFC, so she could take on Amanda Nunes maybe this time next year. But Bellator could make a pretty good case. There's, there's a lot of them that could they could really make some pretty good cases. But uh, congratulations to Kayla Harrison. It, it looked impressive, and if you did not catch her post-fight press, I mean her post-fight, uh, promo. It was it was definitely something out of I don't know old NWA days. It was Ric Flair esque where it was just I'm gonna get up here and say what needs to be said and like it or not, mic drop, I'm out. It was it's what she needed to do, to call out pretty much the rest of the world and say if this is the best you got then I'm just going to continue to dominate everybody, and it, it's not even going to look close. And then in, in uh, what ended up being weird, and uh, uh, there's actually been a new ruling on the main event that I will get to towards the end. We had uh, Ageless Wonder Fabricio Verdum took on Reynon Um This was a pretty good fight for the two-and-a-half minutes in a round one that it was. They traded some blows. They they got to the ground. Fabricio put Renan in, uh, I can't remember if a choke hold or an arm bar, but either way, put him in a submission. You clearly see Ferreira tapping out, what looks like a tap, and uh, Fabricio feels it and uh, loosens up a little bit. Uh, the referee was on the other side, never saw it. This was something out of WWE at this point. Uh, and when he loosens up a little bit, uh Ferreira gets the best of Fabricio and uh ends up getting a a TKO victory. Uh now the whole time he Fabricio kept saying, no, 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 he tapped, he tapped, he tapped, he tapped. Everybody in the world except for this referee saw the tap. So I said it was something out of WWE, it was something out of like old WCW, it was so crazy. Um they the New Jersey State Athletic Commission made a new ruling, as of I believe this morning. This has been ruled a no contest because you can't avo- you can't award uh, Verdum the win over the actual over the uncalled tap, and you can't let Ferreira stand as the victor for the same reason. So, you're ruled a no contest, and um... In a way, it still helps PFL because all the controversy has kept everybody, you know, ex- everybody, including us, who have weekly podcasts about combat sports, talking about PFL and the controversy of it. Uh, you know, we we heard all the uh, MMA shows so far uh, this week talk about it, and late last week they they did the same thing, hit it a couple times. It uh, it is what it is, you know. Uh, I believe the next, if I'm not
1: mistaken, the next, the next PFL is in
0: mid June, something like that. It sounds about right, somewhere in mid June. But uh, PFL on ESPN, that's that's a good gig. You're getting out there. Um, they've been on Friday once or twice. They've been on Thursday a couple times. Whichever day you guys want to be on, you know know we're watching. Uh, Let's talk about some of the bigger matchups from Bellator.
1: Gosh, which Bellator was this? This was... 257. Because 258 is...
0: No, this was 258. This was 258. Okay. Got to make sure to get them right, you know? Bellator 258 over the weekend on Showtime Network. They've really found a home there on Saturdays. That's that's a good place to be. Now, it's going to be a couple weeks before their next one. The 21st is their next one. We will talk more about that on next week's show. But for now, let's talk about some of the big victories uh, from over the weekend. Uh, Patchy Mix gets the submission victory in the bantamweight prelim fight over Albert Morales, getting Patchy back into things. Yes, that's his name. Uh, but uh, good for Patchy to, to get back in the swing of things. He needs to get back in and uh, some title pictures and things like that. Uh, Lorenz Larkin got the decision win over Rafael Carvalho in the middleweight division. That was a, a pretty good fight. And look, this next fight, people said in the uh, Bantamweight division, Josh Hill versus Raphion Stotts. They said, uh, well, we, we felt like they, they could have gave us more. Uh, It, it seemed like uh, Raphion had a lot of energy towards the end. That's called being in good shape. That's called being excited you won. He won the decision. Raphion Stotts gets the decision win over Josh Hill. Congratulations to him. Uh, I think he listens to this show. So shout out to you, Raphion and uh, Josh Hill put up a uh, put up a pretty good fight, but Rafion is is uh, still a top five fighter over there. A lot of people think maybe he should take on uh, the loser of the main event, which we'll get to in a minute, and then the winner of that take on uh, the the winner of of the main event. And I'll get into that. I don't know. It's 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 borderline. I, I'm not a decision maker over there. I think he's in the. In the The title conversation, whether you give it to him now or or after a fight, I I could see either one, but uh, either way, congratulations to Rafian on that, and uh, good luck to Josh going forward. Uh, let's see what were
1: I think main card is what I wanted to get to. Yes, let's go to the main card. Uh, Rumble Johnson,
0: Anthony Johnson, took on uh, Jose Augusto. They call him Gugu. Gugu is a, a very good fighter. He is stepping in for Joel Romero, who did not qualify to be in the light heavyweight grand prix and the way he didn't is the athletic commission says he uh didn't pass the physical basically and that could be for all kinds of different things uh it's it's not a steroid thing necessarily it's not a out of shape or things like that they just uh they put him through they put him through the ringer of tests they didn't like the results and they said uh he's a no-go so rumble johnson took on jose augusto augusto actually broke his i believe it was his right hand on the top of Anthony Johnson's head, part of the way through the fight. Uh, eventually, Johnson starts trying to get the best of Augusto. At one time, he got Johnson got rocked. He did not recall it in the post-fight um, when they ran over the, the video again. That's uh, John McCarthy kind of did him a dirty, a dirty on that one, but he did apologize. He didn't mean to. He was listening to his producer in his ear, and I don't think he realized they were going to run the video. But uh, Johnson acknowledged. He goes, oh, I... First time I really got rocked like that, so uh, that is what it is. But Johnson hadn't been in for four years, so this was a good tune-up. As uh, Like I said, he gets the KO victory on Jose Augusto. It was a really good match. And here is what Rumble Johnson wins. Rumble Johnson
1: wins the opportunity to, to take on... just forgot his name. He is the light heavyweight champion at the moment. Oh, that is Vadim
0: Nemkov. How did I forget Nemkov? He's going to chase me down and eat my children now. I swear. No, he's a nice guy. But, uh, yeah. Welcome, Rumble Johnson, to the, uh, <laughs> the semifinals as you get Nemkov. Now granted, if he wins, and he can, he, he's going to get better. Yeah, he, uh, he got some of the ring rust off, and uh, you know, for him to beat Nemkov, he's he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to stay on his feet. I believe is is the way he's going to be able to do that because Nemkov is just good, sprawling everywhere. It's going to be a good fight, but at the moment, Rumble's going to need some help. And say what you want. About Michael Venom-Page. Um, I'm not real fond of his fighting style as far as the uh, kind of loose jumping around. You know, the Diaz brothers kind of do this too. Uh, but it works, and it's effective. And uh, hey, it's one of those, if you don't like it, do something about it. I can't do anything about it. So uh, uh, I'm a fan of what he's doing, though. I will put it that way. I'm a fan of what he is doing. Uh, He took on Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson, no slouch whatsoever. Quit saying that he's just beating these easy guys, these cans, as you guys were calling it. That's garbage, and that's an insult to Derek Anderson, who is a world-class fighter. And uh, Anderson thought that Michael Page was going to do a midsection kick tries to brace for it and instead eats it in the bridge of the nose. It completely it flattens the middle part of his nose. He makes it to the end of that round. The doctor comes in and looks and he said, you know what, you got some cartilage damage, some other things. Uh, you're not fighting. And so, referee stoppage in that one. TKO victory for Michael Page. Derek Anderson will be back, but my goodness. I'm sure you've seen the video by now of it. Derek Anderson will be back, but Venom Page, he, he's got to start Top eight top ten, top five you got to start putting him in that and and he's humble in his wins you know he 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 believes in his skills, but he doesn't talk highly of himself like that so uh uh good win for m v p it moves us to another semi controversial, but once again that means we talk about him patricky pitbull, little brother took on Peter Queeley. Now, the Pitbull brothers and kind of uh, Peter Queeley is the former training partner of Conor McGregor. He spars with him some still and things like that. But uh, there's a big Irish camp that uh, seems to have really a riff, but a a big rivalry with with, uh, the Pitbull brothers in their camp. Uh, So you get these two here. This was a TKO victory in.
1: Did I write down? the round.
0: Um, Looking like I did not, but uh, I believe it is round number two. These two were trading all kinds of crazy blows. And uh, at one time, Pitbull takes Queeley down. Has him in uh, like half card and uh, Queeley buries a few sharp elbows on the top of Patriki's head and one on the side of his head that ended up being kind of uh, the uh, the coup de grace. because blood starts pouring uh, the two of them looked like it looked like a murder scene from CSI Miami or something. by the time they were done it was just uh, it was crazy and incredible. Um, and it ended up once again being a doctor stoppage because the corner cut man, as deep as it was, could not stop the bleeding enough for Patricio to continue. And it was a little controversial because uh, older brother Patricio is on the outside and he's yelling at Peter Queeley saying uh, that's an illegal blow and this and that and this and that. Well, John McCarthy, who knows the rules and knows a, a thing about calling things like that. Sees the replay a hundred times, she even says it during the replay. Those are completely legal blows. But the thing that I like is that Queeley ran over or didn't run but he walked over to the side of the cage where Patricio was and he looked at him and he and he says, Hey, how about when we get to the back, we'll watch the video together and if it is we'll do something about it. And not that's not a threatening way. That's a saying, hey, if we go to the back and it seems like those uh, uh, it is what you said it is, then, uh, you know, maybe we talk to him about making it a no contest and, or running this back or whatever. Yeah, TKO stays. It stands. Uh, Queeley gets the win. He is now the, he is now a big contender, they ask him. You know, moving forward, what are you looking at? And he says, well, as far as I'm concerned, I want Patricio to uh, win the tournament,
1: my heavyweight tournament. Or uh, no, not the light heavyweight. Just the the lightweight. He wants him to win the
0: the lightweight thing against AJ.
1: What is his name, AJ? What is A.J.'s name? I just forgot it. A.J. Where is this? Where is it? Where is it? I can't find it, but uh, either way, he's wanting him to. He's wanting them to win the um, Grand Prix coming up. Okay, it's not on that one. Looking at some upcoming ones because I think uh, it's it's coming up somewhere. But either way, he says uh, I want I want uh, Patricio to win
0: so that I can face him and take his belt because that's what I want to do. Seemed like he kind of got over watching video with him, didn't he? Yeah. Now, it leads us to Juan Archuleta versus Sergio Pettis. This was really good. This was five rounds of bantamweight for the world title. Juan Archuleta coming in as the champ. Sergio Pettis the number one contender. They both look really, really good. But I felt like the decision went to Pettis was exactly what happened. I had it at three to two, or or possibly four to one round wise. Sergio Pettis, another little brother who wins a belt. He. Uh, because I think Anthony Pettis maybe is his older brother who was also there taking videos. It was fantastic. But, uh, he is your new Bantamweight world champion. And like I said, uh, a lot of people are saying maybe Raffian Stott should take on Juan archuleto and the winner of that, be- uh, becomes number one contender. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's another opportunity. Uh, it's an interesting clash of styles as far as the way that goes. So we will, uh, We'll see how that goes. Now, let's talk about the main card from UFC. How was it? 262? Two... I, I don't know. They uh, No, it was just one of the fight nights. But uh, this, another great card from the UFC. Uh, Gregor Gillespie with the TKO in the, in the late second round over Diego Ferreira. I wonder if he's really the other Ferreira. That's interesting. Um, Marcos Rosero de Lima with the unanimous decision win over Maurice Green. It was a really good fight. Um, actually, before we started this show, I watched the, uh, the last three fights of this again. Uh, Neil Magny with the unanimous decision over Jeff Neal. This was a fantastic fight. It was probably 3 to 2 Magny. Magny just continues to move up. Move up uh higher and higher in the rankings. Uh at some point you got to think Magny's got to be in that conversation. Uh the ageless wonder again Donald Cerrone gets stopped late in first round by Alex Morano. Um Donald Cerrone has had 37 UFC fights. He's had, I think, close to 50 overall. He is one of the best overall, just will fight you anytime, anywhere. Body's starting to break down him a little bit. I I didn't think he looked weak here. I just think Alex caught him a good bit. Um, I think he's got another fight or so in him, and I could see Donald Cerrone riding off into the Cowboy Sunset that he is so famous for. He's got a fantastic ranch, by the way. You should just check out the cool stuff he does on his ranch. But uh, big win, Alex Murano. And uh, be interesting to see moving forward. Now, this was the main event lived up to it. Now, this was a out of nowhere main event that they made just not that long ago when when uh, when the other one just kind of fell apart because of the, the blo- broken uh, collarbone and all that kind of stuff. But Marina Rodriguez took on Michelle Watterson. Uh, unanimous decision win goes to Rodriguez. She probably won 3-2, to two, maybe 4-1 to one in that, but Michelle Watterson, always, always the tough competitor, and uh, it, it was one of my favorite fights of the night. That's, that's why I had to go back and watch it again, because I was like, what did I miss? What did I miss from this, and, and what did I miss? Tons, but I saw the same fight the second time as I did the first time, the same fight that, that I heard everybody else talk about up until now. I'd love to see those two go at it again, maybe a full camps, but at the same time, uh you know, good for Rodriguez. Now, we've got UFC I think 262. That's that's ringing a, I don't know. That that number's jumping out to me. Uh yeah, 262 is is coming up this weekend. Obviously, the prelims, probably early prelims, ESPN, ESPN Plus, more like that. Uh, here's the main card. Here's the one you really want to hear about. In the featherweight division, you get Shane Burgos is going to take on Edson Barbosa. You're going to get Catlin uh, Ch- uh, Chukagin is going to take on Vivian Araro. And that's in the women's flyweight there. In the men's flyweight, you get Matt Snell is going to take on Rogero Bonturin. It's going to be a fun one. Uh co main event is Tony Ferg. Tony Ferguson in the lightweight division takes his twenty-six and five record or twenty six five and o record against Benil DeRouche, who is twenty four and one. Um it's like this. Tony Ferg needs a big He needs a big showing. And uh if he does not have a big showing then we got to start having that conversation about how long he's going to be in the UFC because he's about you know, he's zero and two zero three recently. The pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, but um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, if if he doesn't beat Benil Darius, we got to start having the conversation. Um, and I'm pulling for Benil in this. i uh, kind of pulling for Fergie Ferg too. So we'll see what happens. And then in the lightweight division, your main event is Charles Oliveira against Michael Chandler. That's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. Gosh, we're going to have to tune into that. We're going to have to check everything. There is so much going on here at uh, Impact Media. Uh, Michael Chandler's got a new, a new book out, I think, 14 Days to the Top. That That sounds about right. But uh, either way, that should be a lot of fun. Now, let me tell you what I was at son, uh, Saturday. You know, uh, I told you, uh, I don't know if I told anybody really, but myself and my brother uh, rode out to see my mom for Mother's Day this weekend. See my mom and my dad. They live out of town or live in a different town than myself and my brother do. It was a fun trip. Had a good time. Got to do a lot of stuff. Uh, We let my mom pretty much pick whatever she wanted to do all weekend. That was a lot of fun. Um, You guys will probably see some of the pictures and stuff posted up soon. Uh, We had a good time. But uh, while I was down there Saturday night, there is a a good friend of my parents, a good friend of mine. He's actually in a fantasy football league, (laughs) of all things, the thing you don't want to hear about. Uh, but he had some extra tickets to an event called Beat Down at the Beach, which was a amateur uh, MMA and grappling and, and, and fight night and everything, right? So we were able to go down there and uh, and check that out. Was able to meet, I believe his name is Rob, the promoter. He does a lot of these events because this was the 18th one. They have another one in like mid-July if you're down uh, in the Panama city beach area. If you're, you're down there around like July 18th or so, uh, good luck trying to get tickets because, uh, they sell it pretty fast. But, uh, if you get a chance, check this out, man, he puts on a good event. They, uh, they had some music acts in between everything. They had uh trick pony was the headliner who was playing after all the fights were, were done. um, there was a lot of really good fights down there. You can you can look them up. Uh, Impact promotions, no relation. Impact promotions. Find them on Instagram. You can follow them all over. Check them out for sure. I had a good time. Uh, yeah, I think everybody else had a pretty good time. Um, it was a lot of fun. There were some good submissions. There were there were two knockouts. There was some all around good fighting. Good representation. Nobody was really embarrassed. Let's talk about two knockouts. Uh, there was a kid named Jeremy. Of course, that sticks out. See if I can find it in my notes. I have so many notes. They were laughing at me for scribbling down in the dark. But, um, you know, what else are going to do? Let's see. Jeremy Bledo took on Chris Hart. Uh I called it KO of the night. I'm just gonna give it a tie. I'm gonna give it a tie. Because this was in the uh it was a one forty catch weight. No, no, no. That was an next one. This is a one hundred sixty. Uh on this one, uh, in round number one. Uh there was some good punches exchanged here and there, and then he caught Chris Hart and uh he was he was staring at the lights after that one and uh he did recover. He, he uh, left on his own accord. Both people in these knockouts did. Uh, there was much respect by everybody. Of course, you cheer the knockout, and then you cheer the fact that the guy got up and was able to walk out on his own. But uh, that was just just a super wicked punch that got Jeremy Blado the win. Then we got to the next fight, which was Deontay Brown versus Nate Atlin. This goes uh, the first round was really good. Deontay had Nate kind of uh, kind of on his heels a little bit towards the end of round number one. And then we open up round number two, and Deontay does a jumping, spinning, 360 roundhouse kick that catches Nate flush on the side of the jaw, and he was out. He was out. It was insane. Like I said, place erupts. It kind of dies down a little bit. We make we uh, we wait for Nate to get up. he gets up. We cheer him. Uh, he after a few minutes, he's able to uh, kind of stand on his own. And uh, you know, cooler heads prevail as it always does. But uh, shout out to everybody who made that event possible. Shout out to the people who had the extra tickets that allowed us to go. I'm sure you guys had a, a great time like we did. But yeah, go go check out Impact Promotions down in Panama City Beach. Beat down at the beach. Nineteen. is like maybe June, actually, but I think it's July eighteenth. But look those up. Those are fantastic. If you get amateur fight nights around you, go see them. Especially when you get a really good promoter like that. They had some grappling matches. They had some boxing matches. Uh, it was fun getting to interact with people and and uh, cover something out of town. You know that's fun. Uh, coming up this weekend. I know UFC, I think WWE has their Wrestlemania Backlash pay-per-view. UFC has UFC
1: 262,
0: which I told you about uh, just a minute ago. And um, let's see, PFL and Bellator are going to be a couple weeks off, so... Uh, it is what it is as far as that, but. Trying to fix this now. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for joining us for another great edition of Strong Style. We uh, are just going to do double shows of the other two this week since we missed them last week. I was out of town. What's the best technology situation? Plus, spent the weekend with my mom. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Once again, I'm Jeremy the Impact Dork from Impact Media. This has been Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.